Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to No Bunts, eh? The podcast for the casual baseball fan here on the Athletic Baseball Show. I'm Taz Mellis. With me in studio, it's super producer JD. How's it going, eh? <laughs> oh, we are going to get so corny on this show. And with us all the way from Taiwan, but he bleeds red and white, and he is dressed in red and white today. It's my man, Joel McMillan. Joel looking great in that red Blue Jays jersey. Bonjour, Tass, ça va? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I promise it won't get that bad. It won't get that bad. Uh, we are approaching. That's it. I think that's the end of all these uh, these these random Canadian corn, corn job of jokes. But anyway, we're approaching Canada Day. Canada's birthday is coming up, so we decided to get away from the day-to-day of baseball and celebrate everything that sort of falls under the umbrella of Canadian baseball. We'll answer questions like... Favorite moment on Canadian soil, favorite Blue Jay, favorite Expo, favorite obscure Canadian moment. We'll each take turns answering those questions and more. But first, Joel, let's start big, wide-ranging. Answer me this. What is the greatest accomplishment of a Canadian baseball player? To me, Tass, the greatest accomplishment for a Canadian baseball player has got to be Eric Gagne with 84 consecutive saves. I thought this was uh, an amazing accomplishment for any player, let alone a Canadian one. Uh, This actually took place over three seasons. And as a closer, you're only judged by one thing, and that's, of course, saves. I know you know, maybe some analytical fans have their feelings on saves, but, you know, that's what closers are judged on. And Eric Gagne saved 84 consecutive games, which I don't think is ever going to be broken uh, in my lifetime. The margin for error is is so small. And so to be that good, you know, that frequently and that consecutively, I think is an amazing accomplishment. And I just kind of want to go over some of the highlights of the streak here. Sure. There were 675 days uh, that the record was over. Um, and of course it was 84 games. And of course, Gagne allowed, uh, he allowed only, what does it say here? Sorry. He allowed eight runs over 87 and two thirds innings. And he struck out 42% of the batters he faced over that span. He of course won the Cy Young in 2003. So I think this is an amazing accomplishment. What he did, it was, he was Mr. Automatic in the early two thousands. So for me, Eric Gagne with 84 consecutive saves, greatest accomplishment by a Canadian baseball player. Oh, I I just want to yell out an A or or a bonjour after hearing those (laughs) stats because they are phenomenal. I guess very basic math, he'd be under a one ERA for those 87 innings, as you said. Every couple of years, 
you see those glasses uh, on a, a, a Twitter or YouTube clip of him and Barry Bonds going at it, uh, which is oh, yeah. which is an incredible at-bat. So I love the Eric Gagne shout-out. Great stuff. All right. Uh, for me, the greatest accomplishment by a Canadian player. First, I saw Freddie Freeman's teeth, and I thought, greatest accomplishment, how white he's got those teeth. I mean, those things are so <laughs> pearly white. But uh, in all sincerity, I went with Larry Walker. His batting average of 360 for three consecutive seasons. That's damn hard. He topped out at 379 one year uh, in 1999, one of his three career batting titles. So 360 in three straight years. Hadn't been done in 60 years at that point there uh, in the late 90s. It's hard to pick one accomplishment, to be honest, with Larry Walker. Seven gold gloves. Maybe it's uh, me, but I didn't realize he was that great of a fielder. Maybe it's because he dreamed of being a hockey goalie growing up, and he had the glove saves uh, all the time when he was playing as a kid. But the gold gloves kind of surprised me, Joel. Did that, does that surprise you to hear that he had seven gold gloves over his career in right field? Yeah, I, I honestly had no idea. I remember him like he's a great hitter. Yeah. I never really remembered him for his defense, so that's a surprise to me. Yeah, uh, and uh, I guess I'm just listing Larry Walker stats here, but this is also amazing because we everybody thinks of him as an incredible hitter. Uh, in 97, when he won MVP, he led the NL in slugging, 720. He led the NL in on-base percentage, 452. He led the NL in home runs with 49. But he also had 33 stolen bases. Larry wow. Walker. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, by far his highest year for stolen bases, uh, if I'm correct. So great stuff from Larry Walker. Incredible. Just got into the hall. That was a few years ago in his last year of eligibility started uh started slow his eligibility chances his his percentage of of getting in of approval i should say his his first year but in the end uh he got in and yeah 360 over three straight years to me looking at all the accomplishments doesn't matter if he played in coors field he was just amazing so i'll go with larry walker all right Another overarching question. We'll get to the most prominent Canadian player in today's game a little later on. Uh, I wonder if that has a connection to this question for you, Joel. Who is the greatest Canadian player ever for you? This was a tough one, but I'm going to have to go Joey Votto. He is an amazing hitter. He's probably one of the best hitters from 2008 to 2018. He's got fantastic plate discipline. He's a great mix of of power as well as just a pure hitter. He, to me, is – I know he's kind of still a work in progress because he's still playing – his Hall of Fame case is interesting. There's several articles out there that makes a case for him to get in. And, you know, there's people that say he's Hall of Very Good. For me personally, I think he's going to be a Hall of Fame player when it's all said and done. He, to me, is is the greatest Canadian player. I know there's some Canadian players in the Hall of Fame, but I think Joey Votto is going to be in there someday. So for me personally, it's Votto. And I just like Votto. I like his, his personality. And, you know, the, some of the players... The Canadian players that are in the Hall of Fame, they're a bit before my time. I didn't really get to see much of their career, such as Ferguson Jenkins, for example. So for me, it's Votto because I've seen him. I'm just entertained by him. I think he's a great player. So it's Votto for me. 
Ferguson Jenkins. You're going formal with the name, Joel. Uh, I like it. We're, <laughs> we're proper here. I got a Ferguson story a little bit later on that'll be fun. Uh, this uh, may be cheating. You tell me if this is cheating. I'm going with Freddie Freeman. Is that allowed? Do you do you consider him Canadian? The fact that he he plays for Team Canada. He was born in the U.S., but he chooses to play for Team Canada to honor his mom. He's an American and Canadian, a dual citizen, just like me. Maybe I'm partial to him. And like you, right, Joel? Dual citizen? Yeah, I'm a dual citizen yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's. do you consider him Canadian just off the bat? He's played for us in two World Baseball Classics, and, you know, he makes a conscious effort to do this. So, Tass, I'm happy to have uh, Freeman on Team Canada. He's in. Yeah, I think he will be the greatest Canadian. And there's some comparisons uh, to Joey Votto. Freddie Freeman just passed the 2000 hit club. He has over 300 home runs, something that Votto uh, and Larry Walker uh, have done. There's only 98 players in MLB history to have 2000 hits and over 300 home runs. And Joey Votto, towards the end of his career, is going to be 40 shortly. Freddie Freeman's only 33, and he's still cooking. So he's going to have more homers than both Walker and Votto. Uh, last year, he had 199 hits, led MLB in that category, and with 47 doubles, and he had a 325 batting average, and he led at the NL in runs with 117 and a 407 on base percentage, and he's having another good year this year. I say all that because the numbers are just going to tick up. So if Freddie Freeman, who likes to get dressed in the red and white for every tournament and smile that huge white smile, I do believe uh, that he will be uh, the best when all is said and done, he's got the MVP, six All-Star appearances, the World Series win. Shout out to Ferguson Jenkins, uh, but I, I, I think you know we're we're batching them all together. You could call it, you could say Larry Walker, Joey Votto, uh, the, probably the best personality of all of them. He is uh, phenomenal, and yet we talk about him week to week to week here with the Reds and what they're doing on uh, on No Bunts here. But uh, I'll go Freddie Freeman. So I feel it feels like he's cheating a little bit because he's. Somewhat American, but it's allowed. Well, Tess, let me let me throw this out to you. Sure. Joey Votto, Joey Votto's his contract's up at the end of this year. Mm. And Brent, he's a left-handed hitter. Jays have always kind of been light on the left-handed hitters. They obviously loaded up this offseason. What about Joey Votto coming home and playing his final season as a Blue Jay next year? Oh, baby. There were rumors last year, right? When we approached the trade deadline at some point there was Joey Votto to Canada rumors. I thought for, uh, I'm not for sure. a swan I mean, song. Probably. Yeah, yeah. In the course of some reporting. Yeah. I don't know how serious they were, but I think it makes sense because, you know, he's still a productive player. He's not embarrassing himself out there. He adds value to any team he's going to be on and he's from Etobicoke. So let's get him in a Jays uniform. Let's do the send off. Tobacco. Yes, baby. Let's get as obscure as possible, which is uh, technically Toronto. And it's great to see uh, as, a, as an arrogant Canadian where I believe, you know, Toronto's the center of the universe. It's great to have a Canadian from the Toronto area. Uh, so, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm down with Joey Votto. Covering basketball for so long reminds me of Steve Nash towards the end of his career. Same thing. I'll bring him to Toronto and, and lots of lots of rumors about a potential trade there to get him there uh, towards the end of his career. Unfortunately, his career ended a little too early. Didn't get to the, the 40 mark like Joey Votto, but totally with you. He is producing 
uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, was, came back from those injuries and is, is flying uh, so far. So I love it, Joel. I love it. It makes uh, makes a lot of sense for his swan song. Although with the run that Cincinnati is going on currently, uh, it'd be kind of hard to see him leave. But I, I, I'm with you. Um, it's it's a fun story. Anyways, we're going to be following Joey Votto for ho- hopefully another year because coming into mm-hmm. this year with the injuries, there was talk about him retiring after this year. But it sure feels like he's going to uh, to have the ability if he wants to play another season. All right, next one. This is a fun one. Joel, your favorite obscure Canadian baseball moment. So this is very, very obscure. (laughs) Had to dig deep for this one. Uh, After the 2004 World Series, Boston obviously won that World Series, and they were interviewing Pedro Martinez after the game. And he basically shouted out Expos fans, and he had a quote here. I just want to read it so I don't get it wrong. He said, I'm glad I got it, and I would like to share this with the people of Montreal that are not going to have a team anymore. But my heart and my ring is with them too. This was awesome for him to do. I mean, sell you seldom hear you know a player winning a championship on a team and then shouting out a franchise that he used to play for and fans of uh, of another franchise that he used to play for. I've always liked Pedro Martinez in interviews. Anytime I've seen him speak about Montreal, he seems very genuine. He seems very passionate. It seems like he really loves this city. He feels very uh, indebted to Montreal because they basically took a chance on him. He came up with the Dodgers. The Dodgers really didn't give him much of a chance. And he blossomed into an amazing pitcher, won a Cy Young with the Expos in 1997. So for him to, you know, mention Expos fans specifically after, you know, the greatest moment of his career, not to forget about that. To me, that's very meaningful, you know, because I love the Jays, but I also like the Expos. So for him to do that, I thought it was a really classy move. Standing ovation for that. Absolutely. Uh, A franchise, unfortunately, that left uh, and went to Washington. So also, yeah, just recognizing that he played there. Uh, the fact that all those people who were diehards that were in that ugly, horrific stadium taking in those baseball games uh, were were real fans. Uh, so, yes, totally. Uh, that's a great call. That's a great call. And you didn't have to go deep for that. I saw when you, you figured it out when we went through these. You, you just you just remembered that off the top of your dome because it was a – I feel like that, that really hit home, really hit home with your, your maple syrup heart. Yeah, I I had I'd come across it on YouTube years ago. Just the algorithm had pulled it up. Rod Smith reporting it on TSN Sports <laughs> Center, and there there's a clip of it. It's the it's very grainy, but it still exists on YouTube. So yeah, it was it was a cool moment. Sports Sontra, Ari, <laughs> uh, yes, Rod, love Rod Smith. Okay, uh, my obscure moment. I'll take you back September twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two. The Toronto Blue Jays had never had a twenty game winning pitcher but Jack Morris he was on the verge of number 20 he had 19 going into a game in New York against the Yankees Jays got up big they're up 9-0 but then the rain started coming down and the game was at risk of not being official because we hadn't got to five complete so top five (laughs) this is so good Uh, the Jays Alfredo Griffin was at the dish again rain pouring down But he wanted to get out as fast as possible. So the first pitch that he saw was absolutely unhittable. It was in the dirt. 
Greg Cataret threw it, uh, lefty, threw it right in the dirt. Alfredo Griffin just waved his bat, just waved his bat like he was sort of waving at a fly. He had no chance of hitting it. Strike one. Next pitch was absolutely down the middle. It was actually a, a good piece of hitting by Alfredo Griffin. He just he just fouled it off. He was just, I, I guess he he didn't want to take a chance that it would be called a ball. Anyways, he fouled it off. The next pitch, the strike three pitch, Joel. I don't know if you remember this. Lefty pitcher from Greg Cataret. He threw it like ten feet high and like five feet outside. The catcher had no chance of catching it. Alfredo Griffin obviously had no chance of hitting it, and he swings. He kind of. Uh, did a pirouette and walked right back to the dugout. He didn't try and run to first base because he could have. And the umpire just had to call him out as he walked right into the dugout uh, for strike three as he tried to get Jack Morris uh, his 20th win. That was awesome. That was a a sign of teamwork, a sign of doing it for your for your teammate, getting him uh, his 20th win. Jack Morris ended up winning that game. Actually, the rain kind of stopped and they played all nine innings. And uh, it was in, it was in the books, and and Jack won another another game. If I'm uh, correct, he won 21 games for the Jays that year, which was uh, a heck of an accomplishment back then. I remember watching it as a kid, and yeah, the Jays wanted a 20 game winner. Wins meant a lot more back then, and so that mm-hmm. was uh, that was a phenomenal moment. Jack Morris coming from the Twins and and doing it for the Jays there and getting them. Uh, to the playoffs where they would win. More on that winning a little bit later. Uh, but let's go to uh, another sort of obscure question here. Your favorite obscure Canadian baseball factoid. Joel, what is it? In 1976, the San Francisco Giants came very, very close to actually uh, being relocated to Toronto. Uh, the Giants owner, Horace Stoneham, had an agreement with a group of Canadian investors that were headed by Labatt Brewery. Uh, the deal was basically in place for just over $13 million. And they had logos. I think they were going to keep the name the Giants, but they were going to do new colors with green and blue. There's actually some photos you can find online that show a mock-up of the logo, which is pretty interesting to see. But kind of in the 11th hour, a San Francisco judge uh, basically filed a restraining order uh, against, I don't know if it was against the owner, against the Blue Jays, I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, uh, the sale didn't go through. The Jays, of course, were given an expansion team and started in 1977. But it's crazy to think, you know, baseball not being in San Francisco and the Giants almost being in Toronto. I had no idea. There's a great uh, comprehensive article, you know, that The Athletic wrote, uh, someone from The Athletic wrote, I believe, one or two years ago that you can see these pictures. But, yeah, that's crazy. The Toronto Giants, it doesn't just sound strange to say and think about. Yeah, I wonder if they'd keep the name. I know you said they had the logo, so it sounds like they would. Um, but yeah, I, I guess you just do it. Um, you just keep the name. It was like uh, a few years ago when, speaking of the Expos, there was the the talk about Tampa playing half their games uh, in Montreal. What? Um, that would have been <laughs> uh, really, really really strange I'm, I'm sure the city of montreal can just carry its own team uh, but yeah that's a good one that was a good one joel uh i've got a, a random about random uh, note about ferguson jenkins hall of famer fergie jenkins first canadian in the hall actually played 
on the Harlem Globetrotters. This is wow. this is real. Way back in the 60s, uh, 65, 66, and 67, while he's playing baseball. Um, he was 6'5", and he suited up for the Harlem Globetrotters. Back then, it wasn't in players' contracts that they were prohibited from playing other sports professionally. And uh, there were actually a, a few baseball players uh, that did this. Um, he took part in a skit which incorporated baseball over and over and over as they, as they toured. This is Fergie explaining it to Bleacher Report. Quote, The marketing guru for the Globetrotters came to see me one afternoon at Wrigley Field, and he wanted to know if I was going back to Canada in the offseason. He said that they were going to start their tour in Sherbrooke, Quebec, and asked if I would like to join their team and be a part of their skit as the pitcher. I went over and worked out with them a couple times. We got our routine together, and after a while, they found out I was a decent player. I used to play every third quarter, but my fundamental opportunity for playing was to give up a home run every night to Meadowlark Lemon. <laughs> uh, there's no footage, I don't think. Um, but uh, yeah, guys like uh, Lou Brock uh, also played in as a Harlem Globetrotter as well. Weird stuff. Uh, very weird stuff. But uh, yeah, that was that was obscure. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, very strange. Yeah, and 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 Fergie uh, told us to Bleach Report. I thought, whoa. Ferguson Jenkins talked to Bleacher Report? Yeah, Fergie. He's cool. He's not Ferguson anymore. He's Fergie. Uh, anyway, uh, good stuff there. Uh, great stuff by everybody involved. Do you feel Do you feel good about uh, talking about Canada, Joel? Because I sure do. Just feel, let's keep going. Let's, let's keep going, baby. Yeah, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, our favorite Blue Jays, our favorite Expos, and a whole lot more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, back with No Bunts as we celebrate everything Canada baseball, Joel. All right, let's get into it, baby. Love this question. What is your favorite baseball moment that took place on Canadian soil, Joel? I think there's a few obvious ones for this one. Like, of course, Joe Carter's home run and the Jose Batista home run. But that's, you know, come on, we we can do better than that. Even though those are amazing moments, don't get me wrong. But for me, the best Canadian moment or the best moment on on Canadian soil in terms of baseball would be the July 1st, 1997 Canada Day game between the Expos and the Blue Jays. It was the first time, like I think that was the first year of interleague play. So to have both Canadian teams playing on Canada Day was just so awesome to see. I remember I was in high school and I was just so hyped to see this. It was awesome. And uh, the Expos beat the Blue Jays that day two to one. 
Uh, Roger Clemens went up against Jeff Juden. I uh, didn't know who this guy was at all until I <laughs> looked him up. But but an interest, but actually a Canada connection. His father was actually from Kingston, Ontario, and was in the stands to see him pitch that day. And Juden actually took a no hitter into the eighth inning. But Sean Green hit a home run in the eighth inning. Uh, so you know, a bit of a bummer, but still a, a great moment for him. And also for Juden, it was interesting because he grew up. Uh, he grew up in Massachusetts and he was a huge Roger Clemens fan, he said. So, you know, uh, getting to face, you know, his one of his idols. Okay, on this is Canada getting too this is Canada. getting too American. It's getting too American. Massachusetts. Oh, okay, not. sorry. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely say, yeah, the, the Canada Day game, July first, nineteen ninety seven. Good stuff, Joel. I, I didn't know that he took a no hitter going into the eighth. That is wild against his freaking hero. Um that's mm-hmm. that's pretty amazing. So 97, I remember this because that was when the Jays first wore a red hat. Was that true? You're, you're sporting the red hat and the red jersey, or was, it was somewhere around there where they, they busted it out for a Canada Day for, for Canada's birthday on July 1st for the first time. I don't know if it was 97 or it was one of those other years. I believe 97 was the first year where they wore Canada on the back. Like, so it wasn't the players' names. It just said Canada on the back of the jersey. Maybe oh. that's what you're thinking about. Well, I remember the the first time they wore a red hat was also like 99% sure for a Canada Day game. And I thought it was against the Expos, but maybe not. Maybe it was just a regular Canada Day game. And I remember it because it was such a big deal. The Jays mm-hmm. wearing red? Whoa! Um, it was uh, it was a big deal back then, but uh, anyway, whenever it was, uh, it was huge. Yeah, the, the Jays playing the Expos, uh, very very neat, and uh, yeah, it's great stuff, Joel. Uh, I went with uh, a damn obvious one. I didn't want to get cute. I'm going with '93, ending a World Series on a home run. Simple as that. Joe Carter. Now the two-two. Well hit down the left field line, way back and gone! Uh, because it was such a good call. I watched every single call yesterday from Sean McDonough, you know, the American the American call, plus obviously uh, Vin Scully, I didn't realize. I forgot. Yeah, Vin Scully had one too. Yeah, doing, I guess he was doing radio. Um, and, of course, Tom Cheek. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. And so, how dare I go away from that? I wanted to because it is uh, ending a World Series, and and as a kid, these were such formative memories for me uh, growing up in Toronto, um, the Toronto area, uh, Etobicoke, and then uh, and then Mississauga. Shout out to Etobicoke again. Uh, but um, just it was so it was big and bigger than '92 in in a few ways. In that '92 was on the road in Atlanta, uh, and 93, a, a lot of the players say that 92 win was filled with sort of pressure because it was a team that was expected to win, while 93 was more about the guys in the clubhouse. 92 was for the people outside the clubhouse, and 93 was just a little bit more sweeter for everybody in that clubhouse. So I uh, had to go with that, just keeping it simple, Joel. Um, good stuff. Good stuff, though. Uh, I really uh, I love the uh, the Jeff Juden story versus uh, Rocket Roger. Good <laughs> stuff. Okay, uh, let's keep it simple here with this next question. Who's your favorite Blue Jay of all time, Joel? 
This was tough. This was tough because there's a lot of players I celebrate from that team. But in the end, now I want to clarify, this is my favorite Blue Jay, not trying to make a case for like, this is the best Blue Jay. But for me, my favorite Blue Jay is Jose Batista for a couple reasons. I think his story is amazing. He had been traded so many times, released so many times. And he was a late bloomer and he, you know, he finally settled in Toronto, became a massive star, led the league in home runs in 2010 and 2011. And for me, that's kind of like the Jays kind of started getting a bit of attention at that point. You know, Tess, you were there in Toronto, like the 2000s is a very dark time for (laughs) for this franchise. There's there's not a lot to be proud of, you know, for those 10 years. So, you know, Batista kind of, I feel, put us back on the map again. We weren't exactly competitive, but at least we had something. He was just such a great player. I feel he genuinely loved that franchise, you know, because like he did find his home there. He called out management saying, you know, we need to get better players. He was passionate about winning and he was such a great player. Of course, he hit the iconic home run, the bat flip home run. And that's a home run that's going to live on forever. And, you know, the fact that Batista is wearing a Blue Jays jersey, I feel really adds to that moment. And I know people don't like Jose Batista. He's a very controversial guy, but I love how he's a villain. I I just absolutely love how he's hated. People still love to post photos of him getting punched out, but he's such a classic villain. And I don't really exactly know why or how he kind of got this rep, but it just kind of followed him throughout the years. And he's just, I think he kind of like, as time went on, he embraced becoming a villain and being the villain. And Tass, I, I absolutely love that. I love to root for the villain. Maybe that makes me a bad guy. I don't know. But it's Jose Batista for me as my favorite Blue Jay. Yeah, I, I don't really understand why he was villain other than people didn't like a bat flip. Was it just... Uh... I think it was... I think it was before that like there were people you know he he had some issues with the Orioles and the Yankees and they you know kind of got in each other's faces a bit I think maybe some fans saw him as a a bit of a whiner he didn't like strike zone calls and things like that Mm. I'm speculating but yeah I don't really think there was one specific incident where people turned on him but yeah he just was the bad guy for you know the tail end of his career there yeah, it was uh, amazing how he turned his career around in Toronto, being sort of uh, yeah middling as as you said with uh, you know a few teams there uh, with Pittsburgh primarily, and then Toronto he shows up and hits fifty four homers when his previous high was sixteen and uh, got plenty of MVP votes and yeah totally so so I'm with you that was uh, a big turning point and when you picked him. As he shared in your Google Doc, I was like, I, yeah, maybe I want to go with Edwin Encarnacion because he was a, a guy that uh, I loved uh, in that era. But I went old AF. I went way back. Again, I'm going Paul Molitor for mine. Even though it was a really quick stint with the Blue Jays, he was a hired gun in 93 after Dave Winfield was the DH to win the 92 World Series. They go and get Paul Molitor to be primarily DH and man, he came through in a major, major way. So I just love that. He led the league in hits in 93 with 211 hits. And, you know, I wasn't a big home run hitter lover back then. You know, I, I, I wanted the guys that just 
whipped their bat around. And he was, uh, he was just, uh, yeah, spray hitter, uh, doubles, triples, that kind of guy. So I, I loved him. He was second in regular season MVP voting in 93. He won the World Series MVP in 93, and he scored the winning run on Carter's home run. Just love the dude. Uh, he, he, was, he just showed up for work. You know, like like the uh, the no bunts and the no dunks crew, we just we just show up. He led the league in plate appearances three times in his career, and uh, you know, see, there's so many. It was difficult, as you said, Joel. You know, the late Tony Fernandez coming back and playing with the Jays a billion times. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Joe. Um, along came Joe with Robbie and Devo. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Your favorite expo. This was harder for me because I gotta admit I was more of a. I'm just a diehard Blue Jays fan. But who do you got for this one, Joel? I got Larry Walker. Mm. Tass, there's a lot of great expos to to choose from. Andre Dawson, Vladimir Guerrero, Pedro Martinez. The, you know, really the list goes on. The the amount of talent that came through that uh, through that franchise is unreal and it it's just heartbreaking to know, you know, how that all ended. But for me, it's Larry Walker, a great Canadian player on really like a great Canadian team. Everyone knows how well the Expos were doing in 94. He put like he was just kind of coming into his prime, I feel, uh, during those years. And because of the strike, they the Expos actually couldn't even afford to offer him arbitration after the strike. And so he ended up signing a huge deal with the Rockies. But for me, greatest expo, I've got to go Larry Walker. I wanted to go Pedro Martinez test, but you know, we'll save that for a minute. But <laughs> lots of great players to pick from. But yeah, Larry Walker for me. I when I think of the expos, like when I was a kid watching baseball, he's one of the first guys that come to mind for me. Well, I'll go with Pedro Martinez. Uh, how long do you think he spent with Montreal, Joel? How many years do you think Pedro did? I want to say four to five years. Okay, you're smarter than me. It's four. I thought okay. I thought it was way longer. It just feels like way longer, I think, because of his impact. It's sort of disproportionate mm-hmm. to how long he was actually there. Maybe because he loved it so much. Uh, I just felt like he was there for seven, eight years. Uh, because he just feels like... Uh, he feels like an expo for life, even though you know Boston was his his best team and, and longest team and did so much there. But it feels like way longer than 94 to 97. Uh, and yeah, 94... Uh, maybe because it was he was there for the the strike, as you said, where they should have been in a World Series. Uh, maybe it's because he ended strong with Montreal, where his last year was that Cy Young you talked about earlier. He had 13 complete games in that year. Uh, maybe it was his curls. I don't know. It just felt like way longer. And so I think of him as, uh, yeah, I don't think of him as Mr. Expo. That's more the Tim Raines uh, or the Gary Carter or that type of guy, but um, yeah, he had a huge impact, and maybe just because it's because he loved so much. But yeah, lots of guys: uh, Tim Wallach, Marquise Grissom, those guys that they made a huge impact. You're right about the list of how many good players there were. Um, anything else you want to reminisce about with the Expos before uh, before we move on? 
No, I mean, I I think we cover most of it, but I was watching some old Pedro highlights actually this afternoon and he was not afraid to come in like a, a there's several videos of him, you know, players charging the mound and he was not a big guy and he he still gave it right back. I love that. He was just a little bulldog out there on the mound. He was immensely talented, but he pitched inside. He's kind of that, you know, comes from that old school generation. He was great to to watch pitch. Yeah, not only is he one of my favorite expos, but he's one of one of my favorite pitchers and players from that generation. And that's true. And he's one of my favorite commentators right now because uh, he's he's just good at it. He just lets loose and respects his uh, former team. Uh, so, yeah, I love that moment. All right. Let's get a little current. Who's the highest profile Canadian baseball player right now in your eyes? This was a bit tougher because when you look at the Canadian players in MLB right now, no one really jumps out. I mean, obviously, Votto, that's a given. But for me, I'm going to go with Josh Naylor. He plays for the Cleveland Guardians. He's a younger player. He's only been in the league a couple of years. Uh, I believe he's 26 years old. Uh, but he is just, he's so fun to watch. Taz. He's very emotional. And last season in a game against the White Sox, he hit a game-tying grand slam in the ninth inning. And then he hit what turned out to be the winning home run in the 11th inning. And he's just rounding the bases, just going absolutely nuts. Gets into the dugout, looks like the ultimate warrior pounding his chest. He's all emotion. He's he's. I think he's going to be a really solid player in the future. Get this guy in October games. He was the guy last year that did the rocking the baby when he hit the home run off of Garrett Cole. I love it. I think in the years to come, he's going to be a huge personality in this game. So for me, he might not be that well known right now, but I'm going to go with Josh Naylor. And interesting story about him. His brother is also part of the Cleveland Guardians, and he was called up uh, last week. And there's a really nice heartwarming clip of his brother. I believe his brother's name is Bo uh, getting his first hit. And, uh, you know, bigger brothers there clapping him and cheering him. Like, what a cool moment. So for me, Josh Naylor, highest profile Canadian player right now. But just wait. Let, let's see this guy in October. He's a character. From the great city of Mississauga, Ontario. Yeah, we definitely talked about that home run against Garrett Cole because it was impressive how he rocked the baby, not only from home to first, but he was mm-hmm. able to continuously run walk and chew gum at the same time where he was rocking and running you, you and yelling at Garrett Cole uh, yeah. at, from third to home. Uh, he was doing it all around the bases and into the dugout. And as you said, yeah, he's a, he's a big personality. I would say he almost doesn't feel Canadian because uh, he feels uh, like, you know, we're just, we, uh, I'm going to generalize and say we're nicer and, and less uh, abrasive. Maybe the word is, but uh, maybe I'm I wrong. I like it though. I like how oh, he's kind of. Yeah, right. I like how he's changing, changing the mold. And Tash, just yes, question. gotta change it. Are are you are, are you from Mississauga? <laughs> yeah, I grew up in born okay, in, born in Toronto. Grew up most of my life in Mississauga. Okay, because I was born in Mississauga, oh. so you know, yeah, I didn't know that. Fun fact. Very fun fact. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about your hospital room number uh, off air because uh, <laughs> I know every single one. Anyway, uh, I'll go with the obvious one. You said Joey Votto. 
primarily because everybody knows he's Canadian. Maybe it's because he's been there forever. So everybody doesn't know that Josh Naylor or Bo Naylor, uh, new uh, new Guardians player now, is Canadian. Everybody knows Votto's Canadian, and hopefully he's not done, as we talked about a little earlier in the show. Hopefully he's got one more year in him. Uh, he's batting sixth now, which is very, very rare for him. He's moved down in the order, coming back from those injuries. Could move up because he is playing fairly well. He's got three homers in his seven games since coming back from injury. It might be his last season, uh, but he's playing well enough to come back uh, at the age of 40 uh, for next year. So I'll just go obvious uh, just to uh, to throw it out there. But, yeah, there's, there's obviously some... Uh, some sneaky ones. You know I like my Mike Soroka in the Brave system. Hopefully he'll of be. Of course. <laughs> That's a great story that he's been able to come back from all those injuries. Uh, so, yeah, there's 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 a few out there. Um, but I would say the most prominent, besides Freddie Freeman, who has dual citizenship, is Joey Votto. So I'll go obvious there, Joel. All right. We got to take a quick break. But when we come back, you are going to throw some trivia at me shouldn't it be the other way around i don't know anyways we'll get to that right after a quick break are you struggling to close deals b2b selling is tougher than ever and that's why i want to tell you about linkedin sales navigator one more great product from linkedin you're there to network you're there to look for jobs you're there to post jobs and how about linkedin sales navigator it's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high value customers drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize, and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to No Bunts. Let's wrap up this Canadian baseball extravaganza. We just had a nice wide shot in the studio. (laughs) 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 Taking it all in. Uh, Joel, you've got some trivia for me when I should be asking you, the more knowledgeable baseball fan, some questions. But throw them at me. I'll, I'll see if I can foul a few off here. What do you got for us? Well, Taz, last time we did trivia, you I think you nailed all of them. So give yourself a pat on the back. Uh, don't, uh, don't underestimate your abilities. Here. I know my boonie, my boonie trivia. This one's going to be uh, this going to be harder than the Aaron Boone. But let's see. Let give, give it. Okay. First question, Taz. We'll start with something I think you should get. Okay. Taz, where is the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame located? Oh damn it! Damn it! 
something I should get. Oh, man. Uh, I'm honestly taking a wild guess. I have no idea. Uh, can you give me a province? It's, it's located very close to Skeets and uh, the hometown of Skeets and I. So I'm struggling with my grammar here. And I'm an English teacher. That's awful. Yeah. But it's the, the town is located very close, or the Hall of Fame is located very close to Stratford, Ontario. Mm. Oh, God. You got a good guess, JD? Yeah. Two words. Name of the city is two words, or town, two words. I say. Very small. Two words. Grand. I think religious. It's kind of religious. Yeah. Oh. Um, St. Catharines? No. First part's right. St. <laughs> Female name starts with M. St. Mary's? Bloody. Mary? Bloody. Yeah, St. Yes. Wow. St. Mary's. Nope, never would have got that. No, never even heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> guys come down when I'm when I'm back home. I'll uh I'll take you guys out. We'll uh, go. It's no relation to Sault St. Marie. <laughs> I mean, that's I, I, that's a good question. I don't know. Oh, wow. TBD. I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> Jeez. Tough one, Joel. Okay. All right. What do you got? Well, let's see. Let's see. Question number two. Who sang the Canadian national anthem in game three of the 1992 World Series? Mm, was Shania, Female. Shania at the peak of her powers there? Uh, I'll go Shania Twain. Looks like you're shaking your head, but I can't. I can't go back <laughs> now. Give me. Give me the buzzer, JD. It's a no. She's a she's a classic Canadian singer. Give me, give me an Anne Murray. Yes. JD I nice. <laughs> Anne Murray, maybe too Should've early. Should have known that. Wow. Yeah. Maybe too early for Shania. Just just call up Anne. She's got it. <laughs> that's that's almost embarrassing, actually. Like yeah. you just trot out or just the the stereotypical I mean, Rush would be it would have been also in that same vein. Like, who do you who do who's the first thing you think of? Like, it was the first well, it was the first year first World Series in Canada, right? Ninety right, yeah, that was the first game. Yeah, ninety two game three was the first World Series. But JD, it's interesting. You mentioned Rush. Getty Lee is a massive Blue Jays fan. Yeah, you he always see him back behind there. home plate. He yeah. like scores games, so. That would have been cool too, yeah. yeah. My aunt loved. My aunt probably loved having Aunt Murray, or sorry, Anne Murray, sing uh, the national anthem. <laughs> she celebrates her entire catalog on cassette. Still got them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, no shade to Anne Murray. She's awesome. No, she. Yeah, she's a. Yeah, she's an icon. It's she's just a little icon. on the nose. You know what I mean? It's just like, why don't you just serve up some maple syrup and you know get a beaver out there? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anne Murray, she's just yeah. like, at the time, she would have been. You know, the mascot of Canada for old for boomers, you know, anyways. Yeah, for sure. Okay, question number three. Tess, who is the only player to win the home run? Sorry, who is the only Canadian player to win the home run derby? Uh, Great question. I think it's somebody. It's like it's in the 2010s, right? A few years before that, late two thousands. Oh yeah, sorry, I shouldn't be asking you that. Um, I'll, that's probably the era of Justin Morneau. I'll go Justin Morneau. Winner, winner, chicken dinner, yeah. Tess. MVP. 
Justin Morneau. Yeah, that's right. And that uh, that was an interesting home run derby because that was the one where Josh Hamilton went off and hit 20 home runs in one round, but he was just so gassed in the final round that Morneau just snuck in there and he won, but everyone remembers what Hamilton did at uh, Yankee Stadium the final season there. Everyone but us. Justin Morneau <laughs> stole yeah. it. Exactly. Good stuff, Joel. These All are great. Right. These are great. I thought we'd be getting more baseball-y ones, but Hall of Fame, Anne Murray, and Justin Morneau. This is good stuff. I got to keep you on your toes. What was the name of the minor league team Jackie Robinson played for? Wow. Wow. It's in... Oh, man. Is there a Canadian connection here? It's in Quebec. Oh, it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, it's a Canadian team. Um... Oof. Uh, I was going to say Sherbrooke, but that was where Ferguson Jenkins played with the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> his, his first game. Hmm. It's like a, oh man, like a Laval or something. I, uh, you're over, you're over, it's in, you're overthinking it with Quebec. Just think of the most obvious one. It's Montreal. Obvious city. I, yes, Montreal. Oof. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Montreal what? Who plays in Kansas City? The Montreal Royals? Montreal Royals, yeah. It was hmm. the minor league team that Jackie Robinson played for in Montreal before he got called up to the big club. Good stuff. I would never have gotten that. No. Okay. Okay. You would have. Uh, one I one ask more that we're going to do. <laughs> okay. No, I'm kidding. Um. Tass, this Canadian is the all-time MLB leader in pinch hit home runs. Oh. Who is he? You know it, baby. We're not taking the escalator. We're not taking uh. the elevator. We're taking the Matt stairs. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's a, right. That's a that's a an incredible stat. That was almost my obscure stat. Okay. Okay, so yeah, you you nailed that one. Yeah. All right. Come on, Tess, that guy. Gonna... That guy with from the east coast of Canada, right? He's from. I believe so. Yeah, I think he's from the Maritimes. Yeah, somewhere there. Good okay. Stuff. Final one here. Who am I? So I'm gonna read you a list of this person's accomplishments. I want you to name the player. Okay. All right, baby. All right. As a Texas Ranger, I was the last player to hit a home run at Arlington Stadium. I've had a five-hit game and three four-hit games. I won a World Series ring, but I was traded halfway through the season to Anaheim. I hit my last major league home run as an expo against the Blue Jays. I played two seasons for the Nippon Ham Fighters. I'm a member of the Cambridge, Ontario Sports Hall of Fame and Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. I sued the Skydome, claiming that a dislodged outfield fence caused a serious injury to my career, which led to my demotion and negatively impacted my career. I was the only, sorry, I was the first Canadian player to play for both Canadian teams and the Canadian Olympic team. And Tass, if you're still struggling, I think this might be a dead <laughs> giveaway. I played in the first ever game at the Skydome. Oh my God. Um, it should be a dead giveaway. Is it last Rob Ducey? Oh, Tass, you nailed it. Oh, nice. Okay. Good stuff, man. 
That was that was. <laughs> I just wanted to hear you keep giving me Rob Ducey facts. Oh, trust me, I had to like there were more, <laughs> and I actually had to cut it. Like there's a there's a page on the Cambridge Sports Hall of Fame <laughs> website. There's an entire yeah. He's got some pretty uh, obscure stats. I didn't know that he sued the Skydome. Uh, but yeah, he, I guess he damaged his leg really bad and he got demoted after that and said it was never the same. So he sued the Skydome. <laughs> wow. Did the Skydome counter sue or what happened? Did they settle? Did uh, Skydome walk into the courtroom and say, hey, I'm a building. You can't sue me. <laughs> they were represented by Domer the Turtle. Uh, <laughs> the mascot of the, Rob Ducey, yeah. baby. Rob Ducey, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard that name in uh, in a long time. You said he he played in the first game, hit the in in Rogers Center or Skydome, 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 hit the last homer in Texas at Arlington Stadium. Mm-hmm. Man, this is that's great stuff. And a five hit game and three four hit games. Yeah. That's you know that's that's you know he's no slouch. That's surprising, very surprising for a guy who had. Let's go uh, total hits here. I just, I just, he had 309 career hits. Yeah, not bad. Well, it's great to have a five hit game and two four hit games for 309 career hits. Great stuff. That was a really good one. That was, that was fun. And, I, and the Rob Ducey guess from my end was more of a question. I wasn't 100% <laughs> certain on that one, but. Well, All right. You nailed, you it, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Question for Are you. Are you guys. Go ahead. Oh, go, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you and JD, do you guys have any uh, Canada Day uh, plans or celebrations for this weekend being in the United States of America? Are there any like Canadian themed bars? Because I know in the United States, there's like college bars. You can be in California. There's like, wait, let's go to the University of Michigan bar. Like they've got all these theme bars. Right. Is there a Canadian one in Atlanta? Well, we had a uh, Canada Day celebration this past weekend that we didn't attend, unfortunately. Yeah. A friend of ours runs it, who's Canadian, who's down here in Atlanta, runs it every single year. Poutine is served. It might disgust you to hear that, Joel, <laughs> but poutine is served. They actually have had a cool curling game that's monstrous. It's sort of like air hockey, but it's air curling. It's like, I don't know. 60 feet long yeah. or something. It looks sweet. cool, actually. Yeah, it looked great. Yeah. Uh, they had... Uh, what, uh, what band did they have? Sloan there? played. Sloan! Sloan. Oh, Sloan played. Yeah. Wow, nice. Oh, there's like hundreds, awesome. of, hundreds of people yeah, there. Yeah, it looked like now. a great turnout. Why didn't you go, you Canadian? Uh, because we had the kids doing stuff. We oh, went to the pool God. instead. They were having a midnight swim there. Maybe you're... Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, maybe your kids can open next time. Yeah, they play in a band. That's true. Yeah, yeah, they're a Canadian. Open band. for Sloan. That'd be that'd be amazing. They wouldn't care. They'd be like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, "That's like Anne Murray, Dad," which they basically are now. <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, Joel, are you are you doing anything for uh, Canada Day in Taiwan? I'm gonna chug a bottle of maple syrup and then I'm gonna belt out some rock voisine. <laughs> <laughs> only you guys will get this reference in any Canadian <laughs> listeners. Uh, I don't, yeah, I actually don't know. There's, there's, there's actually a huge Canadian expat population here. There's a couple of Canadian bars. Um, so maybe I'll go, yeah, do something there. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, no big plans. Okay. Joel, I'm sure you're joking, but uh, do not 
chug maple syrup. Uh, have you ever seen? Oh. Uh, have you ever seen? Uh, real quick, this is going to be a cool story, bro. Uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, the movie Super Troopers. Oh yeah, classic, classic, uh, classic scene. Yeah, it, and uh, Jay Sh- Chandrasekhar who uh, plays uh, Ramathorn, and he directed it. Um, and they actually chugged maple syrup, and it destroyed them like horribly <laughs> uh, he he describes it in his book and he's had to continue shooting for the day just don't do it it's not recommended they each did i think one Whoa. did three bottles and one did two and uh it was uh, it was a bad scene one bottle wasn't enough hey you got to get the take you got to get the shot uh, that's and true. they started using like iced tea but it just didn't have the right viscosity or whatever so the, they they just actually said screw it we're gonna we're gonna chug maple syrup and it was a very bad bad idea and this and JD the sequel to Super Troopers also takes place in Canada it does I, I watched it recently actually oh it, it holds up I I was a yeah. bit skeptical going in but I'm like that's actually pretty good I mean Super Troopers to me is one of my favorite movies one of the funniest movies and I'm like ah do you really need to make a second one but it was it was solid yeah the guys that play uh, Will Sasso and I, the other two guys that play the Mounties are absolutely spot on hilariously just French Canadian and it's it's amazing <laughs> and Rob Lowe is great too and you got oh, Brian yeah. Cox so what do, what do you want a movie hey JD yeah that wasn't a cool story, bro. That was just a cool story, bro. <laughs> was it? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think we've maxed out the Canadiana. Here, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was great, though. Yeah. That was a fun show. Really fun show to go through everything. Canadian baseball. <laughs> Fantastic. Show, should, should we stand? Yeah, uh, please don't, because I have to adjust your shot. Right. Uh, we can go to the wide shot. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. No. Uh, we'll be back july 5th for a non-canadian show we'll get back to uh some mlb love uh check out some of our shorter videos in the meantime on the athletic baseball show youtube page or some great stuff on the instagram page no underscore bunts where joel is uh kicking butt producing content there head on over to theathletic.com slash baseball show or theathletic.com slash no dunks for an incredible deal for the best sports writing on the planet And uh, I'll leave you with this fun Canadian fact, Joel. Canadian baseball player Stubby Clap isn't the original Stubby. (laughs) He is Stubby the third. No joke. His dad was Stubby the second. His grandfather was the original Stubby. Well, that is a cool story, but I think we lost. (laughs) We lost Zoom. We lost Zoom. It just quit on us. Perfect timing. Uh, Yeah, Stubby Stubby (laughs) just retired, and he's now the Cardinals' first base coach, so it worked out perfectly. All right, for JD, for a non-Joel, just (laughs) just an empty screen, an empty no-dunks logo, I'm Tass. We will see you next week.